0: My name is Joe. (laughs) We're giving first episode vibes. (laughs) Yeah, we've just reverted back to having no podcast experience. Yeah, yeah. Is, the, is having podcast experience the ability to just not introduce yourself or any of the topics or things you're talking about, not knowing what you're saying, and just, like, fly <laughs> through a conversation with a friend? Is that what a good podcaster does? Yeah, look, I have no idea.
1: I have no idea. Okay. I don't know what podcast experience actually gets you. I, <laughs> I, I, I saw this tweet the other day that was like, has anyone considered, like kind of doing a podcast but without the podcast you know like getting a couple of friends together having a discussion Lord, maybe God. maybe even having food and drinks <laughs>
0: <laughs> was that satirical they were like trying to do something with like just say just just hang out with your friends please it doesn't need to be content
1: oh, i can't tell anymore okay. honestly yeah. like i just i can't tell i just assume everything is satire on the internet because that way everyone seems really smart yeah yeah and, and funny and witty and
0: yeah. i like that yeah me too yeah that was my interpretation was like you don't need to make content out of every single conversation you have with your friend you can just have a <laughs> dinner party it's fine <laughs> uh so uh pushing that aside how are mm-hmm. you joe ah uh, yeah i'm pretty good um i had a, a long week of getting up real early and uh just been trying to get up early and go to bed early, you know. Just being being an old man. Yeah, sick. Um, yeah. So feeling pretty sprightly today. Had a nice sleep in. Um, and oh, I went to that. We had like a studio warming party last night in the city. Oh yeah. What are you? Did you get a new name or something? No, it's just that we hadn't properly had a party to warm the studio uh, since we moved few months ago oh i see it's oh right like a housewarming but it's yeah. studio warming yeah that's yeah. cute yeah i haven't been to one of those before i don't i don't know if they're a done thing but um <laughs> in any case it was it was pretty poppin we um jamie and i showed up in the city a little bit late we got some bell's chicken for dinner which was delish and then Yum. um yeah we rocked up and there was like half a million people there and i was like i'm normally there on my own you know, or with two other people (laughs) or like, you know, Max in the studio is like ten or something. And there was just like so many people. And so I was a bit like, ah, you know, overwhelmed by the, (laughs) by the the scale um, of the event. But that was nice. There's heaps of people I hadn't seen in ages. And um, it was sort of like the artful launch party. Like that was, that was really big as well, but it was in a bigger room. And so, I don't know, there's just a lot of people crammed into tiny little spot. That sounds like a lot of fun. Was there a similar amount of alcohol to the, uh, (laughs) artful? We supplied the alcohol this time. It wasn't at a bar. So, um, Mm. I don't really know. Uh, there was heaps, but I I didn't really go like, you know, foraging to see the true scale of the alcohol situation. Right. Um, You're really embracing those old man vibes right now. Totally. Yeah. I'd had my bell's hot chicken with my like pot of beer and I was like, I kind of have had enough. <laughs> <laughs> had a couple of beers at the party and I was like, oh, now I feel sick. <laughs> I'm going to go. So I went home early. <laughs> yeah, look, I say we
1: just skip the like 40s, 50s and 60s and go straight to 70s. Does that mean I get to retire early? Yeah. We okay, retire yeah. and we just have land parties in like one of those. I was going to say nature reserves, but they're not
0: called that. What are they called? Nursing homes? Nursing homes. Thank you. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I would like to retire into a nature reserve, please. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That sounds yeah. idyllic. Go full Blair Witch Project on them. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. well, that sounds lovely. Yeah. No, it was it was really good. I um felt a bit bad for leaving early or whatever, but uh, yeah, I was just like, uh, I, I could tell I looked tired. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the tired man at the party. Yeah. Anyway, how have you been doing, Mister Terry? Yeah, I'm good. I'm tracking along. Um, I've
1: been, uh, you know, coming off the back of that uh, inscription. I've been oh. playing a lot of puzzle games. I've, I've got the the puzzle slug on the back of my head. You know, like that <laughs> Men in Black animated episode. We're all um, about slugs on this show, apparently. Now there's a lot of slugs. You know, I just. Before we started, I saw this gif of just a colossal slug. It was the biggest slug I've ever seen. And oh. Just sl- Slugs are on the mind, uh, figuratively and metaphorically. Yeah, um, nice. And so, yeah, dude, I uh, revisited Portal. Oh, wow. And because it was like three bucks, and I was like, hell yeah, I want to play some Portal. I, Portal. Portal's one of those games, right? Like, people talk about Portal being the perfect game, like, you meet people. And they're like, my favorite game of all time is Portal, mm. and that makes sense. You're like, yeah, you know, people have The Godfather as their favorite movie. Like, it just, it's just one of those games that is just so good and timeless, and like, conceptually, the execution, everything is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm here to tell you, that oh, game has shit. has not
0: aged well. I gotta say, I gotta oh say, my like, fucking good. <laughs> here my... comes bullet. <laughs> <laughs> That's big swinging opinion dick ready to knock down your house of cards. <laughs> oh, oh man.
1: Yeah, there's just a whole lot of fucking waiting in yeah. that game. Yeah. There's, like, so many of the pubble- puzzles have, like, glacially slow platforms that you ride or, like, you're solving a puzzle where these balls are bouncing everywhere and the balls move so slowly and, like... I get it's got to move slowly so that you can like use the mechanic quickly and like pull off the timed puzzle aspect of the the thing, but man, I I found it a slog, um, and it wasn't like I was getting stuck or anything. I was just like, oh yeah, I see the solution, and it, and it's it's almost annoying to mm. solve. Yeah right, <laughs> wow. I know. I know. So I'm actually, I'm going to finish Portal so I can, you know, it's not very long and I, I just want to kind of have that, um, uh, I guess have it fresh in my mind, but man, as far as revisiting games go, don't revisit Portal. It's, uh, it's not as timeless as I thought it was. Wow. That's groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty unexpected. Hey, I was like, i
0: thought it was automatically gonna be an amazing time yeah yeah well i mean i think when people think of portal they remember portal 2 and they're like right they mix the two together in their minds because portal 1 was supposed to be like a little puzzle game that shipped with the orange box right which did ship with the orange box it just became its own separate thing once it became so popular because of gladys and the um companion cube as like memes basically Right. And that stuff is incredible. Like the way you wake up
1: and there's a timer ticking down and like all of the dialogue and like the setting, like so much of it is a straight 10 and that hasn't changed. Um, But yeah, the actual gameplay itself, not as like riveting as I remember. And um, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I need to go back to Portal 2 because... I definitely remember having a really fun time with that game and also, yeah. like, the addition of
0: co-op is just killer in yeah. the, in that setting. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would love to go back to Portal 2 as well, so maybe we should have a little sesh at some point to, like, look at it critically together and be like, is this any fucking good or is it actually just the memory
1: of the time period? That'd be great because, yeah, I mean, it's it's been over 10 years since I played Portal yeah. um, and probably the same with Portal 2 because, like, we had that in our share house together and yeah. that was a long time ago now <laughs> yeah that was a long time ago um so yeah i played a little bit of portal and was was underwhelmed against mm. all the odds and uh to try and combat uh that feeling of disappointment i booted up the witness Oh, and let me tell you the Witness is a brilliant game. Oh, yeah. That... The Witness is like that masterpiece of, of puzzles. <laughs> it's crazy. Hol- <laughs> holy shit. And, like, yeah. I did play this game on release for a little bit, but it didn't really grab me. Um, And I don't know what has changed, but holy shit. Like, an open-world puzzle game? Yeah. That, that, that's incredible. I don't even think it was marketed as open-world, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like... You're on this island, and it's got the mist vibe, you know? Yeah. You, you're you on this island, and like mist, you approach a puzzle. There's no dialogue, no tutorial, no nothing. Every single mechanic that it teaches you, you learn by just being there yeah. and trying things. And yes. that just... You know how I always talk about, like, tutorials being the worst part of games, but the games that make tutorials work are just, like, the smartest games ever because yeah. they kind of trick you into having fun straight away by actually just playing the game bro the witness like every single puzzle is like that and um the ability to like uh either either hit a roadblock where you're like wow i can't figure this out or you've just kind of had enough of one particular mechanic you just walk away yeah there's like a million other puzzles out there that you can find. And man, that, that open world setting of just being able to leave and try something else. It's just, it's just perfect for, for the setup for that puzzle game.
0: Yeah. That, that game does a really cool thing as well with like the in world puzzles. It, it's almost like a Tetris style thing where it's like, you start seeing the, um, uh, hold on one sec. Oh, nice. Oh, sorry. Jamie just came in to show me something. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh yeah the in-world puzzles like the tetris effect. as you're like solving the puzzles your mind is like adapted to like seeing the lines connect in a certain way I, i'm mm. not describing it very well but and then you like you'll be like oh fuck i can't figure out this puzzle you turn around and you look at like a road or the trees or some clouds or whatever and you're like those are the same lines i've been looking at for the last two and a half hours and then totally. you like, start connecting them in the world and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. 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 It, it's just it, the, the joy
1: I've been experiencing while playing The Witness. is just insane. And yeah. it's like so chill, mm. right? Like it's very pretty. There's no timer. Like nothing is kind of dictated by how much time you have left. You can just slowly walk through, like, the woods or the desert section and, like, the foley is really good. So, like, your footsteps are real crisp. Mm. And and that's just it. It's just, like, you and very little ambience. Like, there's no animals or anything. You might hear, like, the sea maybe or a waterfall Um, and that's yeah. it. Otherwise, it's just, like, you and these puzzles
0: and, man, having, having an absolute ball with The Witness. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I love that about games sometimes you'd be like hey what about this old game (laughs) and you'd (laughs) install it or whatever and you go back and you realize that it was actually a freaking masterpiece and you know you just weren't ready for it at the time or it wasn't right for your you at that point in time and yeah rediscovering something is such a cool feeling yeah
1: and i can't remember why i put it down honestly it Mm. just like I put it down for whatever reason but i'm already like i don't know i've played for maybe three or four hours and i'm already way further than wherever i got to originally and it's just yeah there's so much game there i
0: can't believe like yeah it's big yeah it's it's cool man really cool game i I seem to remember putting it down myself at a certain point because i'm trying to remember here um some of the puzzles got like or maybe I just like skipped ahead at some point. I was, I was like overwhelmed with the complexity of some of the rules that were being presented to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like, I, there was a bunch of stuff that I just had no hope of solving because of like, I, maybe I just didn't comprehend a bunch of stuff, you know, like I, maybe I skipped something. Right. I don't know. But I remember like being in that village and being like, I, I, I can solve one thing here where all the houses are. <laughs> right. And being like, yep. yeah, this is, uh, I mean, over my head and I, I ended up quitting there, I think right yeah Yeah. i'm still in that
1: like exploratory zone where like i'll come across a puzzle that is obviously a late game puzzle and i'll like give it a crack and not be able to work it out and you know run around find a bunch of other stuff and like because it just teaches you things like everything is visual so like it teaches you to look out for symbols and stuff kind of like what you were saying where you turn around and see the clouds and you're like, what the fuck is that yeah. a puzzle?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: um, but, like, yeah, it teaches you all these symbols and how the mechanics work, and so, like, I have started coming across those late-game puzzles that I initially avoided and being like, oh, I know how to solve this now. Like, it was just it was just a
0: knowledge barrier, and yeah. that's uh, that's from graceful shit right there. <laughs> do, do you have, like, a notepad with you while you're playing to, like, take note of all, all of the mechanics, or are you...?
1: Nah, not the mechanics. I can remember all the mechanics real easy, but I definitely take notes of where a pu- like a hard puzzle is right. that I couldn't solve. And not that like all right, cuz the way it's set up is there's all these biomes and at the start of a biome, the puzzles are very easy so that you understand the mechanic. Mm. But Every now and again, you'll come across a puzzle that's, like, standalone. It's not connected to other, any other puzzles, and it's, like, huge, and it looks difficult, and they're the puzzles that I'm tracking. I'm like, all right, right. this is in the shipwreck, and it uses big and small coloured nodes, mm. and I don't know what those are right now. But, like, right. yep. I, I've, I've, you know, had a puzzle in the past where I've taken a note and I've been like, oh, that's what that symbol means, and then I can go back and do it. Um, yep, yep.
0: But yeah, it's,
1: it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I think if I were to return to it, I would want to be like taking heaps of notes on like, Hey, the big and small colored nodes always mean turn left and right or whatever, you know, like, yeah, and that's yeah. how it, cause I think my memory is just like at a point where I can't keep track of everything that that game would ask me to do and Surely, i think maybe yeah. that's why where i jumped off a little bit as well when there was just like you look at you look at a puzzle and there's like a million symbols on you're like there's no way i'm gonna be able to remember all of these freaking symbols dude <laughs> <laughs> too many symbols and it's like the same kind of line puzzle yeah and i think that's where i was like yeah this is not this is too much for my brain right now but yeah i dude i'd be keen to go back yeah at some stage cool cool well uh in lieu of going back to the witness have you been playing anything in the last couple of days dude yeah, I, I picked up that Tetris effect on the Game Pass. <sighs> yes! <laughs> and your thoughts? Oh, uh, it's it's incredible. It's like everything, a Tetris, it's like, yeah, it's like the best version of Tetris you could ever hope for. Right. Yeah. Um, and like wearing headphones, is yeah. that shit not just fucking bonkers? Oh, yeah. I sit in the darkened room with like a single game LED on and just like, sit in front of my curved monitor like three inches from my face and just like get <laughs> deep into the tetris zone um yeah then the music is incredible like the way that it sort of like starts syncing up with your rotations and sliding of the blocks around and yeah and every now and then there'll be like some lyrics in a song and it's popping off real hard and you're popping off real hard and yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's really good um it's leaving game pass in two days so i don't know if that means i can't play it anymore after two days yeah it does yeah, okay um, I mean, yeah, look, I'll, I'll try and play a little bit more, but I don't think I'm going to get to like any, you know, end game stuff or whatever with, with Tetris effect, but
1: I'm okay. glad I experienced it. Yeah. I'm glad you got in there. Cause yeah, it was one of those games from last year where I just, I just tried it and I just couldn't believe how good it was. Like yeah. I was just like, Oh, this is so obvious. Like this is,
0: this is what they should have done with Tetris ages ago. But yeah, it's just, it's just a perfect game. Yeah. Yeah. Tetris is a perfect game, you know, like you're <laughs> playing it and you're thinking like this is just masterful what they've done. I mean, even mm. just the original Tetris, right? Like, Oh, totally. totally. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a perfect video game. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me a lot of that, the summer of Tetris in, in our share house. It yeah, really <laughs> yeah. hits that, hits that nostalgia factor quite a lot when I'm like doing a certain technique that's similar to the one that you used to do to like yeah. get the high score every time or whatever. Like yeah, this is how yeah. Darian used to do it. <laughs> uh, uh the tetris times tetris tetris times at ridgemont high um <laughs> yeah so tetris was has been really cool i played a little bit at slime rancher 2. oh um, nice i seconds. haven't gone to that yet yeah yeah i, I i'm interested in to, obviously because it's uh our game club game for the month the month. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what you think when time yeah. comes um yeah my notes were already very scattered um so we'll have to awesome. to see how we go. Look, um, whether it's whether it's good or bad, I just hope it it
1: it stays at that calibre where like all the games we've been playing are like left of field fascinating games to kind of talk about get it. into the weeds with. Yeah, you know? so uh yeah, I'm keen. 3 weeks. Yeah. 3 weeks? Yeah, I think in 3 weeks we'll we'll talk about that sucker.
0: Yeah. Um and I've just secured a guest for our next episode as well which i won't spoil what it is but i'm oh, super sick. pumped for that hell yeah that's great um and uh what else have i been playing i feel like there was another thing oh i started playing um breath of the wild again last night just just to oh. like, get back in on that horse because i'm kind of hyped <laughs> for the new zelda yeah cool um, man yeah yeah I accidentally watched a little bit of gameplay because one of the YouTubers I was watching was like talking about a bunch of different games and then some footage came on and I was like, Oh no. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be spoiled, but then I was like, Oh man, now this is, I'm actually quite hyped for this. So oh, um, That's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm keen, keen to get in on the background on the Zelda. And yeah, I, immediately after jumping back into Zelda Breath of the Wild, flabbergasted by the controls. Slam oh
1: against. bro the <laughs> the worst control setup in any game i played and you like, can't you can't change them like no jeez no bro you think nintendo are gonna let you change their controls you think they think about accessibility No yeah. way, Jose. yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it just blows my mind that i was ever able to finish that game <laughs> because it controls it yeah anyway um yeah, I think that's all I've been playing. Speaking though of Games Club, we got an email, and I'll just quickly—do you want, do you want me to read that right now? Oh yeah, let's—you uh, know, let's 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 fuck this structure, baby. <laughs> um, I mean, I figure we're talking about Games Club, may as well mention the, the email that we got about Games Club. Yeah, it was really funny because like
1: the Pye episode went live, you know, Friday morning, and then mm. by like 9:30 a.m., someone had. An email about Pyro in the <laughs> inbox. So yeah, super super keen to hear about this.
0: Yeah, so here's how it went down. I was like, uh, published the episode the night before or whatever, or had it ready to publish mm-hmm. automatically. And then I tweeted on the Friday morning, obviously saying, hey, I've got a new episode out. I usually do it mm-hmm. around that time or Saturday or whatever. Yeah. Um, and someone who follows me on Twitter, a uh, fellow game dev person, was like, uh hey i love that game it's like one of my favorite games ever (laughs) and i was like oh shit (laughs) i'm really sorry but uh this episode might uh might infuriate you and we kind of go hard in the other direction of like not enjoying the game too much and then we Mm have had a, had a, a pretty lovely exchange about you know throwing down in the parking lot about uh how we're going to disagree about this. Anyway, I said, send me an email and um, tell me why you love it so much. And so that's what they did. Hell yeah, let's hear it. All right. Um, So the email is titled Pyre and why you're wrong. (laughs) Parentheses, kidding. Or am I in parentheses? (laughs) Uh, They say, hey, it's Voidra from Twitter. My real name is Zia. Nice to meet you. Lovely to meet you too, Zia. Um, I will admit the pacing of Pyre was hard for me to slog through to begin with and i had not uh sorry and i had and had i not had the allure of the endorsement of others i might have given up so that's interesting the endorsement of others i think there yeah. was a bit of hype about this game when it came out because you know cuz um, super giant super giant yeah um but that's interesting that they said the
1: pacing was a slog cuz i actually thought the pacing was one of the good things about <laughs> the game
0: i mean i i struggled with the pace as well i think like the way right. It just like drip fed you bits of the game and then it was all about the dialogue and traipsing around the environments. Mm -hmm. Um, The nodes, I should say. Anyway, I'm not going to start up again. (laughs) Uh, But the nuanced and developed narrative progression as well as the way it responded to decisions quickly overtook the slog. The minigame was a novelty uh, that was new to me and I did enjoy playing it. Uh, When they say minigame, I think they mean... The game you know like the, the sport game. <laughs> the actual game the yeah, part yeah, of the game yeah. where you play it. yeah not the, um, the dialogue choices and stuff the, the cosmic volleyball the cosmic volleyball yeah but it was definitely the emotional and nuanced narrative and decisions i had to make that hit me the hardest who did i send away who did i keep what happened when i lost a game and i couldn't set someone free when all i when all they wanted was freedom um well that's
1: cool that's yeah. i think that's exactly what supergiant we're going for. So that's, that's awesome that you're able to connect with that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I didn't even get up to that part, right? Like I got to the part where I was about to be given the, you know, the part where you start playing games to, to set people free. And I just never got there. Um, Right. Though I knew it was coming.
1: Yeah. For me, I just didn't, I didn't connect with the characters at all. Mm. Um, like I felt like they were just, like, they were more than caricatures, but, like, there wasn't a lot of depth there. And so when it when it got to the point where I was sending people home, it was purely, like, a mechanical thing. I was like, oh, well, I'll just send, like, the people that play the worst home first, because that makes the most sense.
0: Yeah. I think that's kind of, like, the opposite of where Supergiant would want you, you know? Like, they would yeah, want you to exactly. be like, hey, this character you love... like it doesn't (laughs) matter the way they play the game you don't want to send them home yeah Um, yeah anyway uh um also the snippets of their lives after exile was an amazingly fascinating insight into characterization characters that presented as one way when they were revealed to be another such as such as strong and okay but actually insecure and depressed so, did you mm. get to see any of their lives after you set them free? Was that part of the way that they did that part of the game?
1: No, that sounds really interesting. So, mm. when you when you set a character free, they just like fly up into the sky and okay. and you don't see them. So maybe like as you kind of near the end, um, you you maybe start reconnecting with characters as they're on the other side or something. But that's yeah. that's cool that they do that. Like, I I do love I do love a bit of closure.
0: Closure is good. Um, capturing this in, di- in a dialogue system That asks for your patience Is very specific to certain players The journey of Pyre was definitely one of unveiling And uncovering, and uncovering through emotion and conversation If that's not something you enjoy Then it would definitely be a slog Pyre formed a strong inspiration For uh, my own game And the desire to create a character And choice based game process Where everything has, uh, everything just has an effect Not a win or fail state Hmm. This helps Zia. Yeah.
1: I think that's mm. awesome that
0: that like I definitely think if you're gonna pull anything from Pyre, that's a really great thing to pull, is like that whole thing of like, hey, you lost this battle. It doesn't matter. You know, like the story still progresses. You don't have to replay the battle. You just deal yeah. with the consequences. Yeah. And I I mean that's what Supergiant took
1: from Pyre as well yeah. and applied it to Hades. So yeah. like yeah. I, I mean I love that they loved Pyre and I think for me, like Pyre is kind of great in its inspiration. Like, yeah, the fact that they're taking Pyre as inspiration for their own game and Supergiant obviously just, you know, took from the experience to create Hades, I kind of... I don't know. It didn't click for us, but I love that it's there and people enjoyed it, and it also turned into something that has created other, much better games.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so... You know, I don't disagree with pretty much anything in this email. I just think that like the the way that I approached the game was that maybe I was expecting this the sport part of it to be more of a central focus, um, and that when that didn't really work, you know, for me at like a fundamentally mechanical level, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't I didn't really see the the um, any real joy in engaging with the story part that felt like it was supposed to latch onto it. Um, but, you know, if, if you're, if you approached it, uh, Zia, as like, you know, this is like a mini game and the main game is actually the relationship and emotional connection that you had with the characters and like that whole part of it was kind mm. of the game for you, then I can totally see how it was more enjoyable. Like, I can, I can, I can appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I put, um I put up a review of Pyre on ballapp.net Ooh. this morning, so that, that shit is live, but I was gonna say, as I was looking through the footage I had for Pyre to like, you know, take screenshots for the review, um, I did notice that the actual like mini games take up so little time. Like, mm, yeah. there's a lot of t- talking around them, you know. So like, you find the constellation, you go up into the sky. The uh, you know, that classic super giant voice actor comes on and starts commentating everything. Um, and then like you meet a few characters from the opposition and then your characters have a bunch of things to say and then you play and you play for like two to three minutes. Mm. And like, I don't know, when we were talking about it last week, I was just like, oh, there was so much gameplay and it wasn't that good. But in reality, there's very little of the cosmic netball going on. It's Mm. like mostly dialogue and stuff. So yeah, I think, um... I think Zia. Yeah. Zia, like I think they've got it. I think if they went in there and the meat of the game is the uh, is the dialogue and the choices and stuff, and then like yeah, the the netball is literally a mini game. I think that is the perspective to take for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So thank you so much, Zia, for your email. I'm just going to plug you real quick with your uh, dates. We got Void Rants back at Void Rants back. Sorry, Void Rants back on Twitter, and um, they're currently working on a dark fantasy romance game. Um, so go Sick. follow them if you want to get some updates uh, on on that. Looks pretty cool. Hell yeah, yeah, we love to hear about it. People making games, dark romance. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, couldn't hope for a better shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh... Um, so I got some chicken wings here. Hell yeah! Let's let's cop them. All right. So first cop you're about to receive um, <laughs> the. Um... <laughs> Do you hear my brain just stop there again? Yeah, just like the uh, the cart just went off the rails. Yeah, the slug fell from the sky. <laughs> uh, okay, Armored Core Six got a gameplay trailer, and it looks. Freaking sick, my guy! Hell yeah! Um, long as a long-time large mech man fanboy over here, I'm super keen <laughs> for for this game. Um, it's kind of got Metal Gear Solid vibes. Like, obviously, it's like you know, a Metal Gear is like a big mech. Um, right. But just the way that they were shooting some of the cutscenes in the trailer, mm-hmm. um, and even some of the action looked quite Metal Gearish. Um, do you mm-hmm. remember in Metal Gear? Four when you were playing as Rex. It was like... Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe that's what Metal Gear 4 was pulling from, was actually pulling from Armored Core. But anyway. Y- yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the
1: Armored Core series at all.
0: No, nor am I. I mean, I remember seeing it on the shelf as a child, <laughs> looking up <laughs> right. at the, um, the PS3 <clears throat> as a child, as a young uh, adult, looking up at the PS3 version of, I think it was Armored Core 4, and it was like, always $110. Right. I was like, what is... <laughs> why is this game $110? And I would always <laughs> look at the back and just like fawn over this video game that I couldn't afford. No shit. Anyways. Um, so yeah, I got a trailer and everyone's losing their shit about it. It looks fantastic. The, the action looks really, really good. Um, the, it, to me, it doesn't look anything like, obviously it's a robot game. It doesn't look anything like the Soul stuff. But I can Ugh. still see a little bit of the core DNA in there of the way that they're doing, you know, camera, the way that they're handling the size of boss battles and arenas and stuff like that. It seems like right. they've, you know, got a lot of the obviously it's the same devs, so yeah, they're, they're keeping some of the stuff they've learned, which is always cool. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Um, yeah, I I hope it's just a real big step away from from Souls like stuff because yeah. you know they've been doing that shit for like fourteen years now. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've developing it for even longer, but they've been releasing it for 14 years. Yeah. Um, and it's like, cool that they're a big enough studio now that they've got a mainline armored core game coming out and they've got that Elden Ring DLC coming out as well.
0: Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, all the power to them. I hope it fucking rules. Yeah. It looks, it looks sick. I love big robots. Give me a big robot game anytime, any day, any time of the day. I mean, any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Next chicken wing. Uh, Rest in peace to Waypoint, a website about video games. They also had a podcast. I'd never heard of Waypoint, but apparently they'd done a lot of really good work and discussion around the working conditions and like... you know, uh, labor movement of video games workers. So I'm kind of sad right. that I hadn't heard of them and never listened to the podcast, but apparently they were fantastic. And um, yeah, they were owned by Vi- Vice and Vice is shutting them down. No shit. And so yeah, they've been around for 2016. Um, right. Had a, had a website called Waypoint and a podcast under the same name and apparently it was great. So yeah, they're going away and a lot of right. people are quite sad. Dang. Well,
1: hopefully maybe the hosts can, you know, start up something new outside of Vice and,
0: and yeah. keep the good vibes going. That's a great point. I don't know if they have plans on doing anything like that, but um, yeah, that would be really great. Uh, I feel like there's a whole, you know, back catalogue of stuff that I need to go back and read and listen to now as a result of this. It's like, I don't know if the, the Waypoint podcast episodes are going to stay up anywhere or what's going to happen, but mm. yeah, I kind of want to go and just see you know, little sections of the episodes to get a, an idea of the, the state of the industry back, you know, four years ago or whatever. Yeah. And time totally. capsule. Hmm. Final chicken wing. Lay <laughs> <laughs> uh, it on me. All right, here it comes. Uh, the Tears of the Kingdom um, had a playable um, demo that was available to certain press folks and oh, you know, yeah. youtuber people um and it was actually in melbourne so there was um a bunch of australian um you know games media folks who got flown down or float flew down to melbourne to play an early build of uh, tears of the kingdom or well, you know it's, it's i think they're gold so it would just be a build of the final build of tears of the kingdom sick um and everyone was very positive on it very pumped and amazed at what they were able to do in the game surprise surprise the games media is positive about a zelda game <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> um but yeah there were, there were some other folks saying that it's um kind of a bit disappointing that it's not on like a switch 2 or you know some other better console to play it on because it's obviously quite an ambitious title large open world you know graphically challenging title for the switch And so they were saying like, I can kind of see this game, or I can definitely see this game bumping up pretty hard against the hardware limits of the platform. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, Nintendo are historically very good at like designing within their means. And I mean, Breath of the Wild came out the month of the console coming out. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, they were not going to be super familiar with the console and that game runs super well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it definitely has some like laggy bits in Korok village and that kind of thing, but yeah, most of the time that game runs flawlessly and like, yeah, just like the sheer amount of shit you can do in that game and how good it is. Like, I don't know, I guess I, if I, if I were going to buy it on day one, I, I'd, I'd feel pretty safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, they, you're, you're quite right. They are pretty devoted to the, um, frame rate lockage of their mainline boys um yeah yeah. exactly couldn't have put it better yeah yeah um so yeah i I think it's going to be interesting to see just you know how many switches explode as a result of trying to play this game (laughs) i think it's kind of a personally i think it's a little bit of a shame that they're trying to run it on this old piece of hardware that is kind of equivalent to a lot of smartphones these days i think like if you've got a a huge game like this it's kind of sad that it gets, like, you know, squashed down to fit in this little box. Um, I always like to see things going as hard as they wish they could go.
1: Yeah. Well, um, it's, I mean, it says a lot that the Steam Deck runs both the emulation of a Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Switch games better than the Nintendo Switch does. Like oh, that's, yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, that's that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. The Steam Deck is quite beefy. Like, it's it's um, my old PC. It's probably... A- not quite as powerful as that, but it's, it's near equivalent to my old PC, which is quite a beast. Wow. That's um, so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, like I said, it would be, it would just be dope to see like not so many tileable textures stretching across the land or low res things sure. or lodding or whatever, you know, like just put it, put it in a, in a more capable, uh, device and let, let my eyes have a little feast instead of this, I mean games aren't all about the graphics obviously we've had t- topics about this but you know give me give me something a bit juicier please nintendo <laughs> yeah i
1: mean there's no word on the the switch 2 or no. anything and it's like it's getting on it's yeah. been it's been 6 years in the console cycle um, yeah and yeah, I'd, like, you'd hope something would be coming out soon, but
0: like, we might see a Steam Deck 2 before the Switch 2. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to... Oh, actually, I probably can't say that. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I'll say it in another way. I, uh, If I were to be making a game, um, and I am, but if I was like, say, making... Uh, my own game and i had the prospect of like you know talking to a publisher about what platforms i'd want to launch on Mm -hmm. and be like you know hey we're going to launch on most next gen consoles and pc and they said what about switch i'd be like no thank you (laughs) yeah having to um yeah just really scale the game back to fit in that box is like yeah it's 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 both terrifying and and kind of sad you know like i don't want to have to like do all of that stuff just so the switch can run it
1: yeah, well, I mean, some studios just straight up don't. Like, yeah. um, bro, The Witness, that shit isn't on Switch. Yeah. And it would be perfect for Switch. That, like, pick up, run around, solve some puzzles. Like, I would love that shit. But Jonathan Blow was just like, yeah, nah. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're just yeah. straight up not doing it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Anyway... Uh, that's all the news I got. You got any, you got any bag chips or little bits and bobs for me, or are we um, just... Yeah, no, I got a bag
1: chip. Yeah. Um, the Vampire Survivors game, coveted, addictive as fuck, Vampire Survivors, um, is getting an animated TV show,
0: which is like <laughs> pretty sick. <laughs> you know, like that that game is popping off. Um, As as long as it's, like, done in the old 90s, you know, Saturday morning cartoon uh, style, I'm I'm down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they're going for. Just that, like,
1: you know... Yeah, 90s, like, schlocky horror, weird character bullshit going on. Yeah, they're, like, got a producer, they're shopping around for writers, but, uh, man, I just love that this developer is being so rewarded for just being like i'm gonna make this game that could be the most like you know fucked up financially blah 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 (laughs) all that crap microtransactions and it's just not it's like three bucks at full price or four bucks at full price and um yeah it doesn't have any of that and i just just kudos. Mega kudos to those devs or that dev. I wish them all the success in the
0: world. Yeah, it's so cool. It's just like such a slap in the face to like EA and Ubisoft, you know. It's <laughs> like you guys are having a hard time with your like, you know, $90 AAA microtransaction life uh, time <laughs> subscription model video games <laughs> with battle passes. Here I am with my $3 free-to-play forever game that runs on the nokia 3350 that anyone (laughs) can play it's actually free on mobile right like it's it's amazing um so yeah very cool yeah that's that's the only bag chip i got but i thought that was a good one yeah yeah
1: i love it i love a good slap in the face (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah well my dude, I'm about to slap you in the face with some innovation versus reiteration. Oh uh, yeah, that's the topic. I love it. That's uh, innovation that's versus out.
0: sorry, innovation versus
1: what? Reiteration. Reiteration. So basically, um, you know, like original ideas versus rehashing ideas. Okay. Um because man, playing inscription, like it got me thinking about this a lot because inscription has like a lot of card based gameplay that we've seen before right like it's got the branching paths and the roguelike element and all this stuff um but then it like adds a bunch of spice in all the right places and right. It, and it kind of really fills out the experience um like i think most people who think it was just a card game are going to be like oh yeah this is this is a good game but like when it does what it does like it turns it from good to amazing Um, And I think it probably lands square in the middle of that kind of innovation versus reiteration dealio. Um, But, yeah, like, look, these are two big hamburgers that we're taking bites out of. I probably should have split these up, but we're just we're just going all (laughs) in straight away. Hamburgers both in the mouth at once. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. So I got I got two questions um, to ask at the start and then I'm just going to vamp. And then we'll revisit those questions at the end. Okay. Um, So my first question around uh, reiteration is, what is the difference between a game that reiterates and succeeds versus a game that attempts the same thing and feels derivative? Because I think we've all had that experience where, like, Um, we play Breath of the Wild, which is like, as far as concept goes, is literally just a copy and paste of Far Cry 3. And Mm -hmm. we're like, holy shit, this rules. And then I play Far Cry 5 and I'm like, this is shit and exactly the same and derivative. Right. But like, what is the difference there? Oh, wow. that's, That's a great question. So that's, that's one of the questions I got. The other question relating to innovation, this should definitely be two, two topics, but whatever. <laughs> we got 10 minutes the o- left. To go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other question I've got in relation to innovation is, is innovation a reasonable goal for modern developers? Um, and like, I think maybe you can talk to this a little bit, but development is way more complicated than that, right? Like, I don't think you set out um like you're not like all right maybe you know maybe we've got an idea or before we even have uh, an idea we're gonna make an innovative game right like the realization of a project just doesn't work like that like ideas change a lot and like through the mistakes and like chance findings that you come across like the kind of Uh, idea of the concept or the project changes quite a bit so like i think it's kind of a bit too generic to be like is innovation a reasonable goal for modern developers but in the same way like i wanted just to talk about like how developers approach um innovation yeah that's really interesting as well Cool. Cool. All right. Good question. So I'll, I'll, I'll vamp, I'll vamp through some, through some notes I've got, and then we can, we can revisit those questions at the end. Um, and I've got a little game, uh, for us to play. And I think, I think it's a, it's a good kind of, it's a remix, you know, how I'm usually like, you know, here's the topic. What are your experiences, uh, around video games in relation to this topic Mm -hmm. and you have to like think among the literally thousands of video games (laughs) that you've seen played and heard of and try and come up with something so i think i think this game is 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 gotta change things so it's not as difficult i love
0: that i love that you're doing that yep 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 (laughs) continue with my
1: blessings (laughs) (laughs) okay um all right so i guess like one thing i wanted to talk about is like how often we reference other games when we talk about games in general uh, yeah um so like i mean especially when we talk about derivative games right like did anyone ever talk about the callisto protocol without mentioning dead space mm-hmm. like i just think it was impossible to do that. And I know, like, the dev team have some similarities and, like, the personnel that that made the team up and that kind of thing. But, like, it just felt like the marketing team took the word derivative and they were like, no, spiritual successor. (laughs) That is is what we'll call this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, like, I I think it can kind of be a wall um, when it comes to, like discussing video games um and it's actually something that i'm conscious of when i write reviews for ball up, ball app.net um i i try to limit talking about any other game when i'm reviewing a game yeah right. um yeah just because like for one it's kind of easy right like if if you talk about like um you mentioned this game the other day in the three piece feed called dredge oh, i dredge. think yeah 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 which like sounds awesome it's like a horror fishing game but mm-hmm. it's like you got a fishing game and you'll probably have some inscription elements and all this stuff you know yeah. like it's it's very easy for other people to understand a new game when you just like it's inscription meets ultimate bass fishing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's it makes things really succinct, but I don't think it like actually serves the representation of the game that well.
0: Totally, and it's also like, um, like in in favor of being um, efficient with your communication, you're like losing some of the core of like what the description could be, you know? Right. Like we're trying right, to be yeah. succinct by like saying, oh, it's this plus this. But really you could like actually think about it a little bit and be like, there's these elements that have this, this, and this, you know, they're not, not and not talking about other games. And there's, mm. and it made me feel this way, or it has the appearance of something that, uh, <laughs> that you, if you were, oh fuck, it's really hard to stray away from that. Like, you know, if you like Resident Evil, then you would like this, you know, like right. that's yeah. such a crutch. So yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and like uh, I uh,
1: like it I'll talk about gachaism a little bit later on because that mm. whole ethos kind of falls into like the way things are produced, right? Like if if you're making a movie and you go to a producer and you're like, you know, it's uh it's like this successful horror movie meets the matrix or something like that. Like that gets people with money really excited because those things made a lot of money. Um, so I can kind of see the root of it and I can understand why it's there, but yeah, when it kind of trickles down to the consumer or the audience or whatever, I think
0: it does more harm than good. Yeah. I definitely think like, yeah, there is like a time and place for selling something using other, um, other games as, like, touchstones. But, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it should always be done in passing. And if you're, like, a journalist or even, like, someone, people like us talking about games it's so it is too easy <laughs> just to like mm, point to stuff yeah. uh, and be like hey it's this Nick this uh, and that's if you like those things then yeah <laughs> like i i hear the echoes of my former self saying the saying that repeatedly now and, and now i'm super conscious of trying not to do it as much <laughs> <laughs> oh i mean
1: you know i feel like we get on here and we have a lot of fun but like when i'm when i'm writing a review yeah. you know it's like a script you've got You've got the time to like take a moment and make sure like what you're writing is like of a quality you want, right? Like this. Yeah. What what did Pete say the other day? This is like a roller coaster with no steering wheel. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm all about that, and I think I think most podcasts are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so like when when when. I talk about, like, innovation versus reiteration. For me, like, it is related to, like, things getting produced and the financial side of things, but it almost comes down to, like, an indie versus AAA discussion. Like, I feel like when I see innovative ideas, I see them in the indie space. Um, And, like, especially when you compare the indie space to, like, AAA developers or the mobile market. Like, a lot of the time, the big boys just want to make the big bucks. Um, and, like, you know, publishers of indie games want to make money too, but, like, it's less risky for producers because there's less money involved. Mm. So, like, if you have, like, a small video game and it's a fishing game that has horror elements and you've got a team of, like, I don't know, ten, I, I don't know how big... Um, the Dredge team are, but let's say that's the case, like, that's going to be a lot less money for a producer compared to, like, whatever the latest AAA thing is, the the new Jedi game, the yeah. Jedi. Last last Jedi Star Wars survivor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, th- th- there is, like, that element of gachaism there. And I think, like the commodification of games has impacted what type of games get funded, right? So, like, if you look at the games library for, like, PS1 and even PS2, there are hundreds of absolutely insane games that would Mm -hmm. never see the light of day today. Mm -hmm. Like, just bonkers games that were obviously not big financial hits, but, like, man, going through those libraries, especially looking at the Japanese libraries for Mm -hmm. those games, like... There's just so much variety. It's, uh, man, I think it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we actually, maybe it wasn't PS1, maybe it was like the Super Nintendo, but I remember ages and ages ago, like maybe 10 years at this point, we like got a Super Nintendo emulator and we were just playing games (sighs) we'd never heard of. Yeah. And like we were coming across
0: all kinds of crazy shit that I just loved. I loved that shit so so much yeah yeah there was that like flintstones game that kind of had like platforming <laughs> elements but was also like monopoly or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was yeah, also. i
1: remember that yeah. i remember that um yeah so i think there's like less risks being taken on on those games and we have already talked about you know like the double a space mm-hmm. um is kind of coming back in a way like i'd almost call the witness a double a game yeah um But, yeah, the majority of games are just, like, cornered into indie or AAA, and there's not really much of an in-between. Anyway, I went down this rabbit hole... Um, kickstarted by an article I read called, Are Derivative Games Now the Only Way to Hit It Big? Oh, wow. Um, this is an article by Simon Carless. And it, yeah, it was, it was awesome. They referenced a bunch of other articles that I just, you know, kept going to. And like this turned into like a huge thing, but uh, I'll, I'll try and um, summarize it. Uh, halfway down that rabbit hole, I found uh, another one called aesthetic gutchaism. And uh, this is like just just if you, if you don't know what Gacha mechanics are, they're basically designed to drive player retention and bleed players of money. So like it's more of an engagement thing than an enjoyment thing mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so Keith Bergen um, wrote this article, and I've got a quote here from Keith, which I feel is is pretty on the money. So. Keith says, the core of my conception of esthetic garchism is the commodification of games, both in how they are produced, the rules, the experience, the way they're talked about. At nearly every level, the experience of games gets put more and more onto an assembly line, alienated from human experience, connection, and meaning. Um, And, yeah, I feel like that fucking hits hard and... It uh, it kind of highlights what we were talking about with vampire survivors, right? Yeah. Like they could have drove that game into the fucking pecuniary grounds of doom, and they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they were just like four bucks, take it, or leave it, and yep. uh, yeah. I think I think that fucking rules. Um, but yeah, I feel like Keith is basically saying like, you know games as a money making device has changed their meaning for us. Yeah. Like totally. it it's it's not as much about like exploring the medium as an art form. Um and like you know money is always involved in this shit like it's it's kind of something that's weird to reconcile, right? And mm-hmm. it's exactly the same with movies. Like, movies is an art form, but like, if you got no money, you ain't making no movie. Mm. <laughs> so, yep. like, I think I think there's a balance here in between, like, unadulterated gachaism and like pure art. Um. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna pull back and go, and go to that uh, original question I had. Sure. Which was, what is the difference between a game that reiterates and succeeds versus a game that attempts the same thing and feels derivative? Sure. Like the Far Cry versus Breath of the Wild question. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I got a game for you, Joe. Mm -hmm. I've got 13 video games here. And uh, I'm going to read them out. And you're going to tell me whether you th- whether you think they are innovative or reiterative? Oh, okay, yep. Does that does that make sense? Do those uh, do the definitions make sense after the spiel? Yes, they do. Or the spiel, as some people say. I say I put a sh- I put a Sean Connery on my S's sometimes. Yeah, it's Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Uh, Super Mario sixty four. Um, I definitely think that is. So it's, it's the two different words were innovative, innovative, and reiterative, okay. reiterative. I'm so like, say that's innovative. All right. Uh, Bioshock. Um. Reiterative. All right. Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, innovative world of warcraft oh i never played enough of it but the part that i did play was reiterative
1: all right uh call of duty modern warfare reiterative all right ghost of tsushima uh reiterative all right i gotta have a few easy ones in there you know what i'm saying yeah uh outer wilds oh uh
0: i'm gonna say innovative Mm mm-hmm doom the original doom oh innovative hell yeah uh outer world oh i never played it um i don't know i'm gonna say okay. i i i don't have i don't know enough about it
1: that's cool the witness
0: mm. um yeah innovative mm-hmm. system shock oh, I never played it, but I, I've heard it's innovative because it was kind mm-hmm. of the first game, like it, it, where Bioshock was re-innovative, uh, sorry, reiterative, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, System Shock was the one that caused it to be that, you know? Right.
1: Yeah. And and that kind of goes back to like innovation being like both a subjective and an objective thing. Yeah right like if you have the history of video games in front of you you can like backtrack and see where mechanics were first tried out and that kind of thing you know like i think most people would say the first super mario bros was innovative yeah but it actually copied pac-man yeah like pac-man tried to do that first and then like super mario bros reiterated that idea and it was much more successful yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, at, at a certain point as well, you're like, where do I draw the line on innovation? You know, is it a third person mm. camera? Well, fuck. Just like, where does that start? And then if they use a right. controller, you know, like, well, you know, like, what is it on a screen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like yeah. there's that you do have to pick a point, you know? And I, I think yeah. it's hard. It's like where everyone picks their own point. is like kind of where the, the meat meets the grinder. Yeah, totally. Um, all right. My final two games for you are Inscription. Oh, um, oh, I'm gonna say reiterative, but in an innovative mm-hmm. way. Because <laughs> they took okay. a bunch of concepts that were basically reiterative, you know, like the the card game. Right. But they mashed them into this sort of almost like ARG. Oh, I don't want to spoil anything. But they mashed them together in such a way that was innovative. Which I think is the end of it in and of itself, but you know, you, yeah, that that one is hard because that struggles with where I draw the line for my personal, you know, yeah, the the meat so, gets jammed in the in the grinder for that one. <laughs> yeah, the uh, hamburger gets
1: caught in the teeth. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, and that's why I said at the start, like inscription, is kind of straight down the line when it yeah, comes to this topic. Totally, well uh, said. And my final
0: one is Breath of the Wild. Oh, um. Yeah, it's so weird that I was just playing that last night. <laughs> um I'm going to say that's reiterative. All right sweet dude so hard to not have like a 10 minute spiel for each of those <laughs> i
1: know i know um, maybe in the future i'll choose less games but i like the idea of just having like a bunch of games in relation to the topic that you can choose from totally. instead of just like nebulous scatterbraining and trying to remember every game
0: ever yeah could you um, send me that list of games i'd love to do like a twitter poll or like send it get emails from people about what they think about you know each of those from the list yeah. and see if they have yeah. uh, altered opinions to mine.
1: Definitely. So, reading from this list, I had already organized them into innovative and reiterative. Sure. So, like, um, we agreed on most games, yeah. um, which is really cool. And I think that like goes to the point that it's pretty easy to identify when things don't work right like going back to that question where it's like when do things start to feel derivative like it's it's easy to tell when things are reiterating on a concept so like when things feel derivative it's just that but like it's got
0: the negative connotation um yeah but yeah so it is hard to like quantify that though you know like you can or qualify that you know like you can point to it and be like hey this is one or the other but it's it's at face value it's like a feeling and there's got to be reasons for that you know like you so that's why i was like it needs a 10 minute spiel for each of them because they want to (laughs) like find where the core of those feelings is stemming from you know it's like oh well in bioshock's case it's you know it's it it pulled all of these other things and it wasn't actually all that original and the story wasn't even all that original it just had like some hype at the time and it was like Mm. doing certain things that other games hadn't really done as well but they had done in separate instances you know like the the way the upgrades worked and the splices. Like, yeah, there was just a bunch of stuff that that game sort of did the best version of for the time, but what actually right. wasn't innovating in any way. And I think I think that's
1: key, dude. I think if you are doing the best version of something at the time, that's like a reiteration at its most successful. Yeah, yeah, well um, said. And, and I think, like, when I did that epic rant about God of War 2018... Um, you know, and I I was playing it a couple of years later, and for me, it really felt like the best of that kind of character-driven story RPG of mm. its time. Yep. But like, when you go for reiteration over innovation, it feels like it's not going to be a timeless thing, right? Yeah. Like i mean it's weird because if portal were on this
0: list i would have gone innovation a hundred percent oh yeah 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 um i I mean the the concept of portal had been done as an indie game but it had not been executed in quite the same fashion um or, or played by barely anyone you know it was like oh this game's so original and then like a bunch of like reply guys were like yeah, this game actually already exists and I played it on Steam and I've got 200 hours and like three other people played it. Like, yeah, yeah, there's a a difference. There's there's also that part as well, like the success of it, you know, like Tim Rogers would be able to be like way more critical about how innovative. Sorry, that. he's like scratching my carpet up. He'd be way (laughs) more um, innovative. Sorry, he'd be way more um, acute in his some uh, way to speak about video games then you're right because he's just played those obscure ps1 games from japan right right yeah yeah and i I, yeah and i think
1: that's like the subjective thing coming into play right like he he has just played literally thousands of video games and he's been like alive a decade longer than we have um but yeah it's just like yeah you're right it's going to be much easier for him to talk about that kind of stuff yeah um but, yeah, so going through those games and looking at these lists, uh, we we really only had one disagreement from each list. Oh, wow. Um, so World of Warcraft was in- innovative for me, yep. where you said reiterative, and I thought it was innovative in that in the MMO space, it was kind of the establisher of what an MMO looks like. Yeah. Um, and and so for me, it wasn't like about the gameplay, which you'd already seen in like Warcraft Three and all that kind of yeah. shit. Um, but it was about like you know they made some genre establishing decisions in the design of that game, and I thought yeah. like even though my experience was like pretty bad when we tried to play it together, I just from what I've seen and what I've read. I just kind of know that game to be innovative. So for me, it's
0: like a super subjective thing totally. outside of that. I don't know a lot about it. Yeah. When I when you said that game name, I like looked back in my memory and saw that time that we played it and also looked at all of the videos that I've seen of that game and the gameplay. And to me, even though, yeah, it is totally a... I agree with you on that part. It is totally a like, trend-setting MMO. It is mm-hmm. the flavor maker for all MMOs to follow it. Um, Right, it's still like, at, at like, like if you were to ignore that, (laughs) you know, the, the, that's dude, MMOs is super complicated because it's like, (laughs) it's, it is the gotcha ism, you know, like anyone who makes Mm. a gotcha game looks at, you know, Genshin impact or anyone who makes an MMO looks at world of Warcraft. Like you can't, you can't escape from it because the the business model is pre-established. Right. Yep. But there is, you know, there is innovation to be had. I don't know. Yeah. Like before Genshin, there was other Gacha games. So, so, I don't know. Um, totally. Anyway, yeah. I don't really know where I was going with that. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and
1: the, the game that we disagreed on in the reiterative space is The Witness.
0: Oh, right. Um, yeah. What did I, I say actually, that one was? In- did- you
1: said, you, no, you said it was reiterative. Oh, okay. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was innovative in, it's like, it, it just in like the gameplay, man, I, I don't know how this is going to come off as I'm trying to describe it, but Mm. like, it is a game where you draw lines Mm. and that is it. That is like the entire game. And like, like I said, there's a bit of exploring and walking, but like, the majority of the gameplay is staring at a screen and drawing lines and I was just like that yeah. seems so basic but like I yeah. don't know if it's really
0: been done like this before I think you're probably right and I am probably wrong I think when I was looking at the witness I was looking at it's like tentpoleism. you know like how many uh, yeah. times when people make a puzzle game do they think of how affecting the witness was i don't don't know but personally the witness feels like it lives in obscurity it's like a truly a cult game where it's like played by a small handful of people at the time appreciated by some but when people are talking about puzzle games usually the first thing that springs to mind is like portal right
1: Mm, which is
0: interesting that you bring that up too uh so exactly yeah it's uh it's kind of a shame you know i think there's there's heaps of those games that deserve to be the tentpole memorable you know the ones on the list that when people lazily mash games together in order to get your interest in the specific title, um, Hmm. use these specific titles, the, the witness and other games like it sort of fall short for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I, we just spent the first 10 minutes of this podcast talking up the witness, but it is a hard game to sell really. Like we talked about how much we enjoyed it, but, as far as recommending that game goes, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd stand on a soapbox and recommend it to people. Like, I think it's going to be... I think it's just a
0: very specific vibe for a very specific set of people. Yeah. I, I, but I do think I was probably wrong in the fact that it is truly innovative, cause, innovative because it is its own thing. It stands on its own. You know, like, it doesn't... Mm. It's not a tent pole because it is its own tent. You know, like, it's standing off somewhere else. It's doing its own thing, totally. Yeah. Um, pretty much if you exclude where you draw the line as part of it. But yeah, it's um, yeah. Very interesting. The witness to try yeah. and find where it sits. Yeah, totally. Um,
1: and yeah, speaking of finding where it sits, I had two games in both categories and you also did the same thing, which mm-hmm. is inscription and breath of the wild. Yeah. Um, because like, I mean, breath of the wild, the open world stuff, super reiterative, but the climbing stuff, Like, that shit, that shit, you could climb everything in that game, and I'd never even heard of a game where you could do that before, you know? Like, most games before that made climbing shit and boring, like (laughs) Uncharted and uh, Uncharted the Girl, Tomb Raider. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) Uncharted the Sci-Fi Girl. What's that one called? (sighs) Forbidden West? No. Um... Horizon, horizon horizon zero dawn, zero dawn yeah. oh like climbing in those games are just so boring i just when i play the climbing bits i just hope they're loading screens because <laughs> if if they're like actual this is fun gameplay even though you're just like holding a control stick in one direction and the character yeah. does the rest like you know in breath of the wild it's not this linear path that you have to climb. it's anywhere and yeah. you've like gotta manage your stamina and that kind of stuff. like it's it's uh, it's a good time all the time.
0: Yeah, totally. That's a really good point. I think in terms of innovation, like the Assassin's Creed games have like it, in terms of damaging innovation, have damaged away a lot of the AAA games handle climbing. Um, mm. I think visually, it's really great. It's probably more visually appealing than the Breath of the Wild climbing, because for sure, you know, like God of War Two, when you're climbing, <laughs> um, the beautiful animations, you know, and the whole system that they've invented to handle when you're looking at the next ledge and how how your character gets into position to start jumping before they truly jump, and then the way the mm. camera swings around when you grab the, the the finger hold and all that sort of stuff is like visually good and stinks of triple a um but yeah in terms of like is it actually enjoyable to do if you're just holding a control stick is probably not that enjoyable (laughs) like Mm. there's no stamina you're not like thinking about how long you can stay on this ledge for you can stay there forever um it's usually just padding to get you to not just passively wander through (laughs) <laughs> a horizontal landscape. He's like, here's the vertical section. Right. You know, use your brain yeah. slightly differently now. Like, yeah, it's, it's not really used as like a puzzle solving thing, which I, w- I think it is in breath of the world, right? Like traversal is a whole puzzle. You got to right, find the right yeah. meal to eat to make your climbing, not go down so fast and have the right amount of stamina to get over the wall. And is it slippery? Is it raining? You know, like there's all yeah, this shit that's yeah. like, that affects the puzzle of the climb. Um, yeah. Which is sort of like how, um, uh, the big, big monsters uh, riding Shadow around of the, Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Handle it, you know, like it was a little puzzle. There was like patches of fur and you had to discover or decide whether or not you had enough stamina to get up the next patch of fur or you had to like wait on a little platform or, you know, what yeah. was the beast doing before you started climbing? You had to wait for their little animation to finish playing. Right. Like it was, it was actually...
1: Interactive. Well, I mean, the Uncharted shit is interactive. I don't know. Like, it just, the Uncharted shit doesn't feel like gameplay. Mm. You know, it feels like, uh, it just feels like walking, except you're doing it vertically. And, like, I get your point around, like, the beautiful animations and, like, you know, the scenery changes and it's, you know, a bit of, uh, a bit of good shit for your eyes as well, just a bit of a change up. But um yeah, for me, like the Breath of the Wild style, I would take that every day over any of the linear
0: climbing. I agree. I agree. I agree. I've never had to make yeah. a climbing system before, but it looks like hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's like animation to hell. Um, so Worse than swimming, do you reckon? Oh, definitely not, but it's still hellish. <laughs> Dude, making <laughs> yeah. a swimming system like that would be in a game like... uh you know uncharted or something would be that would be terrifying <laughs> count me tentatively in but mostly out <laughs> uh,
1: all right so that was cool i mean the the um question i have around what does like successful reiteration look like i think you kind of hit it on the head with your point around like the best version of this reiteration at the time is successful Mm. and and so for reiteration to be successful i think it comes down to polish right like if you're showing us something that isn't going to be new for us, we're not going to have that like whimsical experience of like, whoa, this is wild. I've never seen this before. So like it has to be a better version of what we've already seen for us to be like, hell yeah, this is like, you know, this is
0: worthwhile. This isn't derivative. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's a lot there. There's a lot of juice in that particular (laughs) hamburger you're biting out of right there. (laughs) <laughs> um, I keep thinking of Death Stranding in this whole conversation. I'm like, oh, how yeah. innovative was Death Stranding? Because it really is just a fetch quest game with walking, with Gran Turismo walking simulator vibes. All right. So low-key, low, low key, I do have a topic ages away coming okay. up around
1: like side quests and fetch quests. So yeah. maybe we could talk about it then because like there are a bunch of games that are only fes- fetch quests that I love. Yeah. Like dude, citizen sleeper, that game is only fetch quests. Yeah. And like death stranding is like 95% fetch quests. And yeah. when I think about either of those experiences, I don't think about them in that light
0: at all. Yeah. No, neither do I. That's why I'm struggling with it. I'm like, yeah, there's all of this area in between the fetching where the, that's where mm. the, the juice is in those games, you know, like mm-hmm. organizing your route and making sure you have the right stuff on and, like there's the the management, the, you know, the tax accountant part of, uh, I can't remember what that line that Tim says is like, it's uh, it's climbing for accountants or something, you know, like <laughs> something like that's that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah. So there's that part of it that I think is new, you know, like
1: mm-hmm. in a
0: walking simulator, you don't worry about your shoes degrading, but in Death Stranding, you do. <laughs> like, yeah. So there's that layer that he puts on top that's like, it, that brings it out of a uh, reiteration and into innovation, which I guess mm-hmm. is like not quite a polished thing either, right?
1: Right, and it's it's. I mean, even just talking about walking simulators, like that's kind of a weird label because walking simulators are really just narrative-driven games. Yeah, and like. Death Stranding is literally a walking simulator and it's nothing like walking simulators. Yeah. So you're right. It lives in this void that's kind of
0: outside definition at the moment. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think in, in terms of um, it being comparative to The Witness and how it's like not a tentpole but lives in its own little zone, I think mm-hmm. people still want to reference Death Stranding. You know, it, it is referenced. They're like, whether for good or for bad. They're like, we're going to not do Death Stranding, but we're going to have, you know, landscape, you know, things where your character will trip, like Death Stranding. Or there will right. be, like, inventory management, like Death Stranding did. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there mm-hmm. is stuff that people are looking to pull. Or, like, the asynchronous online, you know, we're going to have a way for players to interact without actively being in one of those worlds, which I guess is derivative. It's Dark Souls. Um, but... <laughs> which, again, Dark Souls oh is like... God.
1: The height of reiteration. Oh my god! Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh god! This topic is fucked. What am I doing? Um.
0: I mean. All Dark, right. Dark Souls. Or Souls became so iterative. It or as a result of its success or whatever, the amount of times it was iterated on by other games, they got to put like at the end of it, which right. I think is right. the ultimate form. of yeah. Of being iterated on when
1: people put exactly. like at the end of your shit. Well, you're you're a genre now. Yeah. You're not just like an idea or a mechanic. Like you're a fucking genre. <laughs> yeah, which I think
0: is where Kojima was, you know, um, blue skyishly putting like at the end of Strand when he <laughs> marketed that game. Strand like games, like is extremely presumptuous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You know like imagine releasing a game no one's played yet that no one has even really seen and saying it this is a genre <laughs> oh it's god. crazy i
1: i think that's why so many people make fun of it yeah. though because it's like you st- we're still trying to define that shit I like know. It, it's by all accounts it should be the most boring game ever made <laughs> yeah but it's not it's so far from that yeah yeah <laughs> so oh that's my very god strong like all right, we're way over time. I'm just, I'm just gonna wrap this up as quick as I can. We, I had one more question that I asked at the start.
0: Oh yeah,
1: um, the dev. Which Innovative. Right, yeah. is innovation a reasonable goal for modern developers? Um, and I happened across this article by Kyle Cuckshatell. Okay. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Um, they created Cantata. Do you know this this game, no. Cantata? It's like an abstract isometric strategy game. It kind oh no, you know, you know what I was about to do? Mm. I was about to say, it kind of looks like uh, into the <laughs> breach yep. meets inscription. I was going to do the thing. Yep. Uh, see, there you go. See how easy uh, it is. It's like a habit. I, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I am not I am not immune from this habit yeah. by by any means. It takes, yeah, like I said, when I'm writing reviews, it takes a lot of conscious effort to be like, all right, this thing needs to stand on its own.
0: Like, let me describe it for you. <laughs> totally. You know what I'm really proud of is in our Games Week episodes, or Games Month episodes, mm-hmm. in our little spiels, mm-hmm. we have, in my memory, barely ever referenced other games when doing our spiels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, very... That, that wasn't on purpose. Like, I didn't set out to do that, and I'm really proud that we managed to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, we haven't talked about the spiel- spiels at all no. outside of doing those episodes. We just we just do them. <laughs> yeah. I think you did the first one, and I was like, hell yeah. I <laughs> 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 Yeah, well, honestly, like, because I review all of our GameCubs games on ballapp.net, I'm just reading the first paragraph yeah. of the review. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway... Cantata is this abstract isometric strategy game. It's uh, kind of on this isometric plane in a black space. It looks really colourful and, like, it looks really weird. Cool. Anyway, Kyle, the creator, they said... uh, a game production environment that prioritises safe choices and a retroactive lens will slowly dull its ability to think outside of a slowly narrowing
0: field of possibilities. Oh fuck! Can you say that one more time? Jesus yeah. Christ! My brain just gave <laughs> no, up. No, it's, it's all good.
1: There's a lot here, and it's it's only one sentence, and so it's a long sentence. <sighs> okay, here all me right again. A game production environment that pr- prioritizes safe choices and a retroactive lens will slowly dull its ability to think outside of a slowly narrowing
0: field of possibilities. You got to send that to me. I, I yeah, I, incredible, <laughs> incredible quote. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's
1: that's why there's no game in relation to this question. Mm. I just feel like that answers it so thoroughly. It's, 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 you know, it is related to getting financed and all that kind of stuff. But as like video games, as a medium continues to focus on making money, the field of possibilities to see something new gets narrower and narrower. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, is innovation a reasonable goal for modern developers? I mean... Why the fuck did I ask that question? It's so much bigger ah, it's than a that. huge topic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's it's like it is a reasonable goal for rich people who decide to start an indie dev studio, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. it, it is related, like it's intrinsically related to money um, in a way that when it comes to any
0: kind of art form, we wish that it wasn't. Yeah. We need an academic on the show at this point. Like I've just, <laughs> we've both just, like we, we barely have anything smart to say at the best of times. I do at least, I don't at least. And so I feel like we've reached this point now where like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> you know, like uh, my, my opinions are so feeble at, the, at this stage. But in saying that, uh, I agree with this quote from the Cantata dev. Um, I think it's ge- yeah. geniusly put together. Um, yeah, I dare say they are an academic. <laughs> the way <that> they <laughs> strung that sentence together, I think, bro. So
1: yeah. so many devs are wicked smart. Yeah, you know, like part of the reason why I got back into the Witness was I saw um, the making of with Jonathan Blow, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you freak genius, shut the yeah, fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> like-
0: just, it's too it's too far beyond my my brain's power. But having <laughs> so- said all of that, um, yeah, I I think it is reasonable insofar as you adjust your as a consumer or a person who enjoys video games insofar as you adjust your line for where innovation is possible so so like um you know if if a developer is able to take pre-existing concepts that are novel for the time or iterative or sorry innovative for their time and mm. make adjustments to them, like in the case of Inscription, mm-hmm. um, then I think that is a reasonable ask, you know? Like, yeah. you don't need yeah. to invent the new strand-like game. You, but <laughs> you can take stuff and and do it in such a way that it, it is, you know, achievable as a, you know, even as an indie dev like the person who made Inscription. Right. Um, and, and think about things as critically as you can uh and and piece them together in a way that makes it its own thing um right but like i i sorry go on i was just gonna say and in saying that not every game needs to do that i think it's like a reasonable goal um but it's not like a you know a must-have like it's okay to just make another flappy bird dude it's fine (laughs) yeah yeah and it
1: just like comes back to that core we were talking about last week where ideas are free but it's in your execution that makes them unique. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Man, that quote I need, I need it. Needed my life. I tattoo it to my <laughs> tattoo it to my leg. Um yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot there that that part of the topic is really juicy. Um the reasonable part the innovation part <laughs> the goal part there's so many parts <laughs> of that question that aren't joining words that are just like core to the discussion that is like, you know if you move them around even slightly it alters the whole discussion so yeah it's um there's a lot there uh maybe we should do a topic about r- reasonable innovation and stuff like that at some stage yeah and we loop, we'll loop back around to it in a year or something
1: yeah we can revisit this i honestly like I was doing the notes for this and I'm like, oh, this will be so much fun. I hope like Joe has a huge three piece feed. So, you know, I don't have to talk for too long. And then as I was
0: reading, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. no, it was good. It was a big, big episode. We like it. Yeah. Screw the timer, man. Just do whatever. that's (laughs) that's mine. <laughs> there are no rules. There are no rules, yeah.
1: there are no rules. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Um, I guess we should shout out the, uh, Gmail address. It's almost the weekend pod at gmail.com. Uh, we love getting your emails and if you've got any thoughts around the games we're playing
0: or the shit we're saying, mm. you should, uh, shoot us a line. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us why we're wrong about everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but for real, like I, I do want to know where the holes in my thinking are, like for real. So, oh yeah, like, tell me more about why I'm wrong about pyre I want to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh uh, yeah. sick. All right. Well, love this. Love you. Hope, hope everyone has a lovely weekend. And we'll, uh, chat to you soon. All right. Goodbye. Bye.